0: Okay. Welcome everybody, Pastor Eli James here, along with Pastor David Martins of South Africa. We're having a bit of a sound issue coming from Pastor Martins. Uh, Pastor Martins, can you hear me?
1: Hello? Good evening, Pastor Eli, and good evening to our listeners across the globe. Okay. Pastor, me... yes, I can hear you somewhat better than I could hear you earlier. But okay, um, I, I'm not sure Yeah, you're, what, what I sound like to you at
0: this stage. Yeah, you're somewhat breaking up, but it's it's working. Uh, if it continues this way, we can maybe re- try reconnecting. That has often worked in the past, okay? So uh, I wanted to go back to the Israelite uh, document on uh, Vans Redenberg's prophecies and... Uh, starting with a section called Germany Divided in Two, which is just above Chapter 17 in the online document, okay? So if you can find that uh, area, we can proceed. And uh, I'll just start from there. Twenty uh, first. Uh, I don't have page references uh, in this document, but this is uh, the, just before Chapter 17 just before Chapter 17, Germany Divided in Two. Uh, 21st August 1918, a block stands in Europe and a sharp knife cuts it in two. Then a plowshare appears and shaves around the lower section after which the block becomes a dried-up aloe stump. The share shaves somewhat deeper on one side of the block. The remnant becomes a piece of cloth which winds around the aloe stump, which in turn rotates. A large herd of blue cattle goes south, passing a wall on their right. Now, this is really an obscure uh, vision, but uh, Van Rensburg explains. He interpreted this vision as follows. Germany would be divided after the war, a sharp knife cutting the block in two. The Nazi party disappears from the scene, the dried-up aloe stump, and the Berlin Wall is built. This is followed by the decline of East Germany, and the wall is destroyed, followed by the unification of Germany, a large herd of blue cattle going south. Ben Rensburg also prophesied the outcome of the war to a friend and his son, Cali. Quote, Germany will not win the war because the world will once again speak about the powerful German Empire as England was spoken about. Britannia rules the waves. We will believe that Germany will never arise again because she is ignored. That which God, she has ignored, that which God warns about in Isaiah 14:14, 14, 14. "I will ascend above the heights of the clouds; I will be like the Most High." However, in time, God will bestow mercy on the German people again, and they will rise to power. And there's more about this in chapter 22 of this document. And so uh, I would say uh, Rendsburg's own interpretation of this is pretty accurate. How about
1: you? Pastor? Uh, yes, definitely it is. Uh, Sinophon Rendsburg, of course, um, um, not many of his um, prophecies, he actually interpreted himself Yes, but it um, has always been a bone attention one of the reasons why I'm saying that is because um, uh, there, as you know the Cape Nudge Africaners the Edomites have been attempting to hijack the Boers identity as well as the Boers um, um, history as well as the Boers uh, prophets, and that is just the way that it is. The, yeah, uh, the uh, if if you search, if you do a search on the of sierra fundraise, you'll find that um, many writers in South Africa, of course, these dutch African uh, writers ascribe the prophets. To uh to, to, to Africaners. In uh, in other words, they talk about uh, the African prophets and they okay. refer to CS uh, and also to um there's a lady that also prophesied monoprant. Um, they ascribe her to be an Africana, uh, like they okay. have been trying to, to, uh, do on, on occasions about many things about the Boer history. In All fact, right. it, it goes yeah. to the point where, um, they even ascribe the, the, um, uh, covenant that was made at the Battle of Blood River. Yes. That the covenant was an Africana covenant. The Blood yeah. River, that was won by the Afrikaners. Okay, they all right. Had, well, I have to. Sorry, I though. have to interrupt here. Guys,
0: yeah, I have to interrupt here because there's really a lot of noise coming from your end, There's scratching noises and dropouts. So let me try calling you again. Maybe we we'll get a better connection. Okay. So I'm going to disconnect and call you right back. Okay. Sorry. All right. Okay. Okay, we're going to try this again, folks. Hopefully we get a better connection. Minus all the scratching and banging and and all the other uh, peripheral noises going on. Calling now. Okay. All right. Okay. I think that initially sounds much better. Okay, so you were recapping the fact that the uh, Cape Dutch Afrikaners have hijacked the identity of the Boer people, and this is a major problem still in South Africa even today. Okay, can you hear me? Absolutely, Pastor. In fact,
1: as I was saying that... uh... Yeah,
0: okay. Yeah, we have a major delay today. Uh, yeah, that should go away. We have a major delay in uh, our, our transmission,
1: but please continue. Uh, what I want to say is that uh, every aspect of the boers, the. Hijacked. If you do a search on the internet, about the Boers' history, you will find that it has been inundated, you will find an inundation of Cape Dutch um, Afrikaner claiming all that which the Boers' history uh, pertains to. In fact, you will find that uh, writers, of course, Africana writers, um, will write about the Battle of Blood River and describe the covenant that was made to the Dutch Afrikaners or the Afrikaners. They will ascribe the uh, winning of the Battle of Blood River to the Afrikaners having won the battle. Right. right. They will even go to the point where they will say that the Afrikaner women and children were murdered during wow. the Second Anglo-World War. Right, right. But the, the second part is look at the
0: Okay. Uh, looks like we're uh, our connection is really uh, bad today. Uh, 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 yeah. Oh my. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, give it another try. Is it, of, it work. Yeah. Have you got a storm going on or something? It's uh, you it dropped out for about ten seconds there. I know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the delay factor is really bad. But let me, Um, let me continue (laughs) on to chapter 17, you know, because, yeah, the conflict between the Boers and the Afrikaners is of paramount importance. And, uh, sometimes the document we're reading doesn't make the difference between those two genomes and two peoples very clear. Okay. So it's, I think Van Rensburg understood the difference but perhaps not his son or his nephew, etc. Yes. Uh, what's your feeling on that?
1: Um, because of the way in which the might take that of the corners and overwhelmed the Boers with the deception that the Afrikaans have spoken quite a bit about the on the the uh, once young Cape. Either my Cape that Afrikaans Onse young Hof uh, must be present, the free State particularly in in um in more so than in in the Transvaal. What he did was he he he. We actually marketed the Afrikaner Bond amongst the Boers as a, a, an agricultural union. Okay. And many of the Boers actually joined the Afrikaner Bond as an agricultural union. In the state, the Afrikaner Bond was a political party that was. Controlled nearly by the Freemasons. Okay. And the Boers, not knowing that they were were participating in this so-called as a political party. Okay. uh, After the Jameson Raid in 1896, Cecil John Rhodes was, uh, he he was, a recall to London to go and explain why the Jameson invasion had why it had failed. Okay. Now, right. on Actually, I'm Cecil Johnson. Okay. Sorry to say again. Okay. Uh, uh, our our connection
0: Hello? is yeah our connection is still very bad. Well, maybe you could try calling me. And see if we can get, uh, because our, we're having like 10 second long dropouts, which is, uh, is very hard to follow what you're saying. Okay. So uh, I'll disconnect and have you call me. All right. Okay. We're going to try this one more time, folks. Uh, extremely bad connection today. I could follow what he was saying because I, I know <laughs> basically what he's talking about. But the listeners do not, so uh, I'll see if we can call me. All right. So, see if this transmission to him. Okay, here we go. Okay, let's try again. <laughs> okay, still a lot of noise on your end.
1: Yeah, me.
0: Yeah, I can hear you barely. Hello? Yes.
1: Hello?
0: Yeah, okay. All right, uh, okay. Pastor Martin, is, it doesn't look like our transmission is good enough to do a broadcast today. So, uh, what I'll do, I'll just pick up the Van Rensburg story and, and hopefully, yeah, he just dropped out. Uh, the Van Rensburg story, uh, pick it up next week. So, sorry about uh, the problems, folks. So I'm just going to go ahead and continue with the document uh, where I left off. And this is Chapter 17, The Founding of the United Nations. The seer described the founding of the United Nations as follows, quote, I see people putting a steel tire on a wagon wheel. At first the tire was too small, but when eventually fits, the wheel has no hub. Then Rensberg himself interpreted this vision, quote, General Smuts will recommend that an alliance of nations consisting of allies should be established. However, they soon discover that this alliance is inefficient, the tire being too small. They will then include Germany, among others. The tire fits, but has no hub. This means the aim of the United Nations will be to establish a human organization by means of human intelligence to do the mighty works of God. For when God says war, no human organization will prevent it. And when he says peace... No human organization will wage war. Well, obviously, the United Nations was founded on the basis of world peace, that once the United Nations is created, then there will be a global period of peace unparalleled in world history. Well, of course, that has turned out to be a big, fat lie. Okay, let's try one more time. Okay. All right, Pastor Martins.
1: Okay. Yes, Foster, I can hear you.
0: Okay, now that's the best uh, sound we've had so far. And I was just going into the uh, uh, van Rendsburg uh, story of the United Nations, and uh, we have talked about this briefly once before, yes. uh, that uh, the, the tire was too small, and that's a reference to the League of Nations, but then it became bigger, and that's a reference to the United Nations. So uh, you said something to the effect that Jan Smuts. Actually composed the charter of the League of Nations. Is that correct? Uh, Pastry actually wrote it. Wrote it. Wow. Okay. So there's a major connection to South Africa there.
1: Exactly. Um, Well, to put it like this, not to South Africa per se, but to the Union of South Africa, because um, they. Uh, particular aim was to um, create a uh, in, in fact there was a whole convention in 1908-1909 for the establishment uh, or the discussions of this establishment of the Union of South Africa now what many people don't realize is that even before the onset of the, 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 that particular convention it was already decided that Irrespective of what was decided at the convention, that the outcome would be that there they would be a unification of the four uh, provinces, or what would become the four provinces of the Union of South Africa. Uh, that was a pre-meditated, a pre-decided uh, event, uh-huh. and um, there was much, there was so much deception at that particular convention to give you an idea pastor uh, there were two uh, there were three permanent secretaries that were appointed to keep um the the um minutes of the discussions but the one uh, two of these um secretaries were from the cape and the other one was from the tell. Okay. in other words there was no secretary that was assigned to the um, to that task from the Boer republics. uh uh-huh. That's yeah, a very typical. important thing. Also decided it was decided that the details of the minutes will never be published. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. The other thing there were thirty three representatives that were um that that Participated in the discussions around the unification of the Boer Republics. Uh-huh. Now there was, give an idea, of the 33 representatives, there were only two that represented the two Boer Republics. Albeit, the, the, uh, I think there was a total of 11 that was supposed to represent the Boer Republics but only two of them were Boers. The others was, for example, an uh, English writer by the name of... Um, he wrote the book Jock of the Bushveld. Um, uh, um, but, but he was a total anti-Boer um, representative. Yeah. He did not represent the Boers. He represented the outlanders uh, that... I wanted to participate in the, um, uh, that convention. Okay. Because it was such a, um, deception all along because, um, the Boer, the so-called Boer representatives were taken to a, a, a hall down the pass while there were discussions going on in the main, main hall. Okay. The main, um, venue. Now, when the Boers, they were taken out for hours on end out of the main wall uh, main hall, and they were um, uh, lured into discussions into the aside hall okay when they would come back into the main hall, they would have to vote oh boy based on speeches that individuals made in their absence right, sure, which they didn't hear,
0: yeah, so their vote wouldn't Okay.
1: This is called democracy, folks. <laughs> <I know. laughs> right? But, this so uh, in short, you've heard me actually state on numerous occasions that it is an illegal union of South Africa that led to an illegal republic of South yeah. Africa that was also infected with a kingdom and it's called a democracy, which yeah. is a total absurdity. Right. That's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's all a total confusion. Total confusion with the Cape Dutch Afrikaners leading the confusion. Okay. And dragging the Boer people around by the nose. (laughs) Right. Okay. Shackled to these uh,
1: fake and fake unions. Yeah. Back to you. Yes. Uh, But Tosta, if you compare, for example, the the, uh, the, the history of the United States of America, there are so many close ties and parallels between the uh, Boer Republics and that which was the pioneers of the days in the same time that the right. Boers had left Europe, fled Europe because of the persecutions. At the same time, the pioneers, the people that were called the pioneers in, in um, Northern America... They also fled at the same time. That's right. And they fled because of the same reasons.
0: Right, to get away from Catholicism and uh, Anglicanism. (laughs) Right? To get away from both of those. Okay.
1: Yeah, so... uh, Yeah, go ahead. Where the Dutch... Edomites or those um, Sephardic Jews that created the Dutch East Indian Company initially also had their footprint on uh, what was then called Newfoundland and uh, w- what is today called New York. Because right. Because that was actually called uh, New Amsterdam and then it was um, surrendered by the Dutch to the British and the British called it New York. And then again, uh, the Dutch retook, after war, they retook what was then New York, and they called it New Orange, and then eventually it did become New York again. Right. Uh, I think it was in 1788. But yes. um, this tussle between the Dutch and the British uh, caused the American people to become subjects to the British crown or That's the right. British... Rather than saying the British crown, I would rather say they would become subjects of the uh, Rothschilds in Britain. Amen. Whereas the Boers became the subjects of the Calvinistic Edomite Sephardic Jews. Right. The but Calvinistic the church. Yeah. Were very, close, very closely identical. Right, yeah,
0: yeah. The only main difference there being that the Calvin Church took took hold in uh, South South Africa very firmly, whereas here in America, because the founders had a tremendous suspicion of organized, established religion, they didn't want one denomination uh, you know, lording it over the others. So that's what that was written into our Constitution and part of the First Amendment. Okay, so. Uh, and consequently, the denominations fell to fighting against each other <laughs> and not domineering over the colonies, right? But in your case, the uh, the Reformed Dutch Church t- took over your country totally. Correct.
1: Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. even in the in the historical annals of uh, countries like. Indonesia, they actually refer to South Africa as the only remaining bastion of uh, Calvinistic Christ- Christianity where um, Calvinism actually took over the government of a state or of a country. Um, now in the same histor- history books in Indonesia and also that of Malaysia, of um, Vietnam, etc., Bangladesh, or the, the 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 then known as Bengal, they actually write about the Dutch Inquisition, which led to the murder of thousands or hundreds of thousands of their people. Where um, now you might know that Indonesia itself consists of over fourteen thousand islands. Right. Within the, um, the Indonesian state. Now, what the Dutch East Indian Company did under the, um, under the, can I say the, the, um, flag of the Dutch Reformed Church, they would actually travel by boat from island to island and attempt to subjugate every inhabitant of every one of those more than 14,000 islands. Right. To become Calvinist Dutch Reformers. Right. And if they didn't, if they weren't, um, uh, if, if they resisted becoming subjects of the Dutch Reformed Church, they would actually be marched off cliffs huh. and drowned in the sea, or they would wow. be shot and killed. In, in fact, uh, in the case of um, China, uh, the Dutch uh, East Indian Company, in a matter of three days, under a um, the head man of the Dutch East Indian company called kun c o e n in a matter of three days, uh, the Dutch East Indian Company killed more than seventy four thousand chinese men, women, and children right. just in order to get a hold of the uh, I think the cinnamon trade that was um, right rifle that was um, established amongst the inhabitants right. of Vietnam just to get uh, the control of that they killed more than 74,000 people in a matter yes. of three days right and that uh, is the type of a uh, thing that the Dutch Reformed Church did everywhere um where they intended to establish uh, the so-called Dutch Reformed Church as a state. Remember that the Dutch Reformed Church was also the state. You w- will find, for example, that it's even called this, that their translation of the Bible was called the Staten Bible or the State Bible. Right. Just in exactly the same way as the Roman Catholic Church also, uh, translated their own scriptures. And, um, w- well, um, and, and that was uh, then um, enforced by military might right. onto the people of the Roman Catholic Church or rather of the Roman Empire. Right.
0: Yeah. So did the Dutch Navy enforce these provisions of the Calvinist Church?
1: Uh, Pastor, um, there was even an inquisition in the Cape. The, the Boers... Uh, progenitors that arrived in the Cape were forbidden to buy or sell if they had not been so-called okay. baptized, of course, which is the um, yeah, the, the christening. Right, and they, they did not buy or sell, and they were even crucified, or even um, they their bodies wrapped around ox wagon wheels and torn apart. In public, so that those that resisted becoming members of the Dutch Reformed Church would be um, struck struck with fear. Yeah. They, if if you if you look at the so called baptismal records of the Dutch Reformed Church in Cape Town, you will find that grandma and grandpa and father and mother and children were all so calledly baptized or christened on the same day. Okay. Yeah. Um that was because the the progenitors of the Boers were not Christian uh believers. They were descendants of the house of Jacob. They kept the Sabbath, uh the seventh day Sabbath. Uh they spoke about Father Yahweh, that's why they were called patri- patriots because okay. of Patriotas.
0: Uh huh. Where okay. the
1: also refers to Yahweh's Yahweh. Yeah. Name.
0: yeah. Very interesting. Well, yeah. So, well, let's get back to the uh, chapter 17 here, because uh, what I'm curious about is when will Germany <laughs> uh, turn against NATO and uh, be- declare independence for itself again? And because uh, Van Rensburg said ultimately that Germany will okay. come to the aid of the Boer people yet again. Okay, but after much chaos and boy, World War One and World War Two and the ensuing years and the things that have gone on in South Africa, with uh, Mandela, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, have been nothing but chaos fr- from that time forward. Okay, so the next section here is in- Northern and Southern Rhodesia. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Also, something that um, I must also say this point is that. Um, the uh, ANC did not come to power in 1994. Uh, They would not have come to power had it not been for the Afrikaner bond, Uh um, the Afrikaner Bruder bond, uh, that decided to instate or to establish a government under the Nelson Mandela regime. Okay. In other words... They were appointed, not elected. They were appointed, and um, with with that being said, is that um, all along the Cape Dutch Afrikaner, what we call the Afrikaner mafia, have been in power in the background. Only recently, um, Jan Rupert, one of the uh, super Afrikaners, Jan Rupert. Uh, actually stated in public that if, um, the current president, Cyril Ramaphosa, keeps on, um, with, with, uh, his own agenda that Jan Rupert will actually fire him. Okay. Now, anybody <laughs> with, uh, right. As oh, a corporation. Yeah. as uh, purported to be an ordinary citizen in the country saying that If the president of the country keeps on with these agendas, that he will be fired by this particular person. It shows you that Soro Ramaphosa was actually appointed in that position by the Afrikaner mafia. Yeah,
0: we have a guy by the name of Biden who might be fired too, (laughs) because he's not doing so well. Yeah, Um, so this just documents more Afrikaner treachery. Against the Boer people, okay, exactly because the yeah. uh, the what do you call it the Bruderbund, the Afrikaner Bruderbund, is composed. Uh, the leadership has always been composed of the Cape Dutch Afrikaners, with Boer people added on as uh, how should I put it uh, t- tinsel dressing, <laughs> tinsel dressing for the world to see. But even there, is very very little uh, influence by the Boer people uh-huh. in
1: these governments. Well, the Afrikaner bond had been in power, even though uh, the Afrikaner bond purports to be um, that, the, that they had only established themselves in 1917, which, of course, is an absolute absurdity because already in 1880, the Afrikaner bond was already operational. Uh-huh. In 1864, you will remember that I've spoken about this um, uh, this conspiracy that was conspired now the Afrikaner bonds, um, the, the organizations that led to the establishment of the Afrikaner bond was already in power or was already operational in 1864 to form and to um, formulate a conspiracy that would lead to the total demise or the genocide of the Boer people. And that was why the first Anglo-Boer War was actually orchestrated by the Cape Dutch Afrikaner uh, Mafia. Yeah. And to this day, the Afrikaner Mafia operates out of Stellenbosch, which was the second um, uh, town that was established in the Cape, the first being Cape Town itself, the second Stellenbosch. Uh-huh. But to this day, the Afrikaner Mafia operates out of Stellenbosch. They have, one of these seats is the Stellenbosch University, the university which was initially called uh, the Queen's College, and of course the university where uh, Jan Smuts initially um, uh, uh, subscribed to 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 learn or to become a Dutch Reformed minister. Oh wow! <laughs> so it's just amazing how these things all fit together. Right. And our people don't realize that so many of the Boers think of Jan Smuts as the super Boer that fought the battles of the Anglo-Boer War. But Jan Smuts and Louis Boerta, right-hand man, his bat, um, uh, right-hand batsman, if I can call it that. Right. Um, his co-Trojan uh, horse, because they were two Trojan horses that were, uh, appointed by President Paul Kruger at the, uh, recommendation of President Paul Kruger's Jewish Talmudic Jewish, um, uh, um house, uh, friends. House Jew. <laughs> Alfred Beit. Have
0: I got the right uh, person? Alfred, Alfred Beit.
1: Yeah. Also, sure. um, well, Alfred Beit was the, the son of Otto, Otto Beit, who was one of the Jews that Go conspired in 18, um, 1864 against the Boers. Right. And also Sammy Marx and also, um, <laughs> the, there's quite a number of them, um, Jewish names. I, right. I've forgotten some, some of the names, but yeah. uh, Sammy Marx and, um, um, Yeah, the Yeah, descendant of Karl Marx, no doubt. <laughs> but it's, it's a very clear cut, if, possibly if you, yeah. if you read If you read the annals of history, well, even Sia von Rensberg was so confused about the identity that he had to, that he was, that was enforced upon him, that he spoke about himself as an Afrikaner. Because if you were a Boer, you were persecuted. If you spoke as a Boer, you were persecuted. If you um, spoke in public and you said that you were a Boer, you were persecuted. If you even the children at school, if they said that their parents were Boers, they were, uh, not just reprimanded, there were stickers or papers were stuck to the backs of their uh-huh. uh, yeah. blazers or their jackets or whatever. And uh, these notices would say, kick me because I'm a Boer. Right, right. Now that was the sort of intimidation that the Cape Dutch African was subjected the Boers' yeah. children to. Yeah, right, but, right. um, if, if you go in history, you will find that so many of the, the so many of the Boers, um, refused to send their children to African schools. They sent their school, their children to English schools. Uh-huh. And that, of course, created a great number of Boers, a whole generation of Boers that would speak English because if they spoke Afrikaans in public, which was regarded as one of the the indications or the uh, the, the labels of the Boers, they would actually be um, persecuted yeah. Yeah. in one yeah. form or the other. Right, and
0: marginalized. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's really amazing that today's modern Boers don't remember any of this history that's been totally erased. Out of their memories, right? But here, let's bring this up to date uh, to northern and southern Thanks. Rhodesia, okay? Shortly before his death, Van Rensburg saw how England would first lose German East, or East Germany. Uh, Tanganyika? Uh, is, uh, I'm not sure what the reference is here. Followed by northern it's and southern... Tanzania. Okay, Tanzania, okay. Uh, followed by northern and southern Rhodesia. Quote, I see a small and large red cattle, the English fleeing from kenya and nyasaland in a northwesterly direction to northern rhodesia in a letter to mr willem bushoff of the then southern rhodesia mr boy musman writes quote, now i am asking why the red cattle are not fleeing for to us fleeing to us They do not come here because the English refer to us as the dirty boars, uh, uh, recalling the persecution and insults that the boar children were uh, given at school. This was decreed by God. I see a long line of kafir spears appearing behind the English, and then a bucket filled with blood falls over. This means bloodshed. The other whites, conservatives, flee in our direction. The dust in front of their wagons catches a light. I see a mountainous countryside and smoke and flames emerge from between the mountains and people engaged in heavy fighting appear. Those are the Boers living in that area. They flee so swiftly that the dust flies behind them. Their interest is our interest. We will have to stand together. Okay, what does all this have to do with Rhodesia? Pastor Martins. Uh, also, the, the um, whole thing is with the
1: Uh, I think it was in 1966 when Ian Smith uh, declared um, unilateral independence of Rhodesia um, from Britain. I I can recall in those days we lived in Durban on the bluff and uh, the British warships, aircraft carriers were actually patrolling uh, the South African um, waters just outside of South African waters to ensure that there was no that there was no military hardware that was destined for Rhodesia I can recall watching those vessels and the aircraft taking off and landing and patrolling uh, off Durban but um, Rhodesia played a very important role in the fact that it was a buffer state that kept the distance of the com- of communism of South uh-huh. Africa's or the Transvaal Northern border. Right. And that was a key issue in terms of, uh, the handing over of South Africa, the control of South Africa, the government of South Africa to a black puppet government. Right. Now you must recall that I said earlier that the, the Cape Dutch Afrikaners were still in control. They were merely Dealing with the blacks in a uh, puppet fashion. Right. If you uh, can, if I can make the statement that, that um throughout the um, the existence of the Union of South Africa, the Cape Dutch Afrikaners that were in prominent positions and roles, uh, cabinet uh, ministers, etc., were all Freemasons. Now, um, power was, or or the the so-called transition to black power, Um, prior to his release, Nelson Mandela became a 33 or 33rd degree Freemason. So also did Thabo Mbeki and um, a whole string of the ANC upper echelon became Freemasons. The only person who could did not become a Freemason was um, the one that was murdered, Ugh. and uh, which was, was, of course, an inside job of the ANC because uh, I was just trying to recall what his name was. Um, Chris Harney. Okay. Chris Harney could not become a Freemason because he was an atheist. Oh. <laughs> and to become a Freemason, you must believe in somebody greater than yourself. Right? So yeah. he could not become a, 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 a Freemason. But, <laughs> right. but he was climbing in popularity amongst the ANC. Uh huh. Uh huh.
0: So they could allow and, that to go and any that further. That was
1: a great, that was great. Yeah. That was a great worry to the uh, super Africaners or the Africana mafia. Because their key person, Nelson Mandela, was waning in terms of popularity amongst the ANC in favor of Chris Harney. And that was why Chris Harney had to be removed out of the political picture, uh, and they, uh, labeled it on, um, uh, the, the, um, at one stage, uh, one of the, Conservative party members or a prominent conservative party individual from Zimbabwe or from Rhodesia. Um, uh, I have, I've forgotten what his name was, but I met him in person, uh, way back in, uh, 1986, 87. Uh-huh. This particular person, um, uh, was, um, incarcerated. He was stuck, uh, uh sh- 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 in, in jail. Uh, with, um, the, the, they labeled him as the one that, uh, killed Krasani, um, Clive Darby Lewis. Clive Darby Lewis, um, became a sort of a, um, a, a, what do you call him, a martyr? Yeah. Um, for many of the Boers. But what the Boers don't know and they don't realize is that Clive Darby Lewis was not a Boer. He was a, an English subject that lived in Rhodesia, okay. he fled Rhodesia and came to South Africa and played the role of a super right-wing boer. Uh-huh. But he, <laughs> um, when, when I started, when we we were in conversation, and Clive Darby Lewis had been. Um, in discussion with somebody in Afrikaans, and when we came along and we started talking with him, he refused to speak Afrikaans, and he, when one of the, one of the persons that uh, got to that particular discussion asked him why is he speaking to us in English because he can speak to us in Afrikaans, he said he doesn't like speaking the, the, uh, language of the oppressor. Ah. He, <laughs> he called Afrikaans the language of the oppressor. Which of course the Boers language. Yes. Yeah. But they they uh they elevated um Clive Darby Lewis as a so called martyr for the Boers, but he wasn't even a Boer. In fact he was a I believe that he was actually planted to become a um misleader or, or a right. deceiver. Of the Boers, but just another one. Between
0: the the um, British and the Dutch, you've had a fair number of deceivers (laughs) ruling over you. Yes. Okay, please
1: continue. In fact, to put it like this every Boer organization that you find in South Africa, every single Boer organization or purporting to be a Boer organization, every single one of them. Is orchestrated and controlled by the Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners right. for the yeah. purpose of mass deception.
0: Yes, yes. Just like our and Republicans even, and
1: Democrats. <laughs> they, they, yeah. they even call so called Boer um, humblings, um, where Boers are. Invited uh, uh, last year or the year, year before that, I was invited to to go and give a speech at one of these humblings, and um, I was asked. Uh, I was actually asked to give a speech, and I my question was, how much time would would they give me to have my speech? And they said to me, ten minutes. And I said to them, if I don't have a four-hour slot <laughs> to give my speech, I'm right. not interested.
0: Right, yeah, too much but to tell.
1: and and the other speakers at the, this particular humbling, so-called humbling event, are either my Cape Dutch Afrikaans, uh-huh. purporting to be Boers. They even they even wear the brown clothes, purporting to be the man in the brown. Right. You, right. You, you've boar, heard yeah. about or you've most probably read about the man in the brown uh, suit well,
0: well go ahead and explain for our listeners the man in the brown
1: suit well um, in, Afrikaans, in Afrikaans it's a um, the, the man in the brain puck the man in the brown suit purporting to be the uh, so called leader of the Boers leading the Boers to freedom yeah and uh on, on on an occasion I actually stated that if C. F. von Rensberg had stated the man in the pink panties <laughs> would be the leader of the Boers, right? You will find that so many of these you will find that so many of these Dutch Afrikaners will actually um, they will storm the clothes shop called Woolworths for the purpose of obtaining pink panties. Right. Because every second, second third, so-called right-wing Afrikaner is purporting to be an, uh, the man in the brown suit.
0: Right. Well, uh, well are you saying they're homosexuals? Is that, uh, uh, you, are you saying they're homosexuals? Is that the pink panties reference?
1: Hello, you no, know. Pastor. Okay. Um, it's, um, to, to actually show how eager these, um, uh, these, um, uh, hypocrites right? are. They would, they would actually, they would actually, uh, steep so low as to appear in pink panties <laughs> to show that they ought to purport the Boer, the Boer leaders. Okay. But this has been on, this has been ongoing since even before the second or the first and the second Anglo Boer Wars. The Boers have been inundated, infiltrated by these Edomite Cape Dutch yeah. Africans. Yeah. Picos. <laughs> picos. <to> <laughs> right. right. Yeah.
0: Communists but as we are slang for communists, picos, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, so we have the neocons here in America, which are basically traitors to Zionism, purporting to be the saviors of the Republican Party,
1: right? They're actually Marxists. Yes. Yeah. And Some of those even rose to presidents. Wow. The the president of the Orange Free State, President Brunt, was um, a Freemason, who was on the British payroll in the Cape, but he was the president of the Orange Free State. So also President F.W. Wrights. President F.W. Wrights was not even a Boer. Brandt was not even a Boer. but right. They were presidents of the Boer Republic of the Orange Free State. Amazing. I have reason to Absolutely believe amazing. that even President Paul Kruger was on the payroll of the British in the way that he dealt with uh, that that which was supposed to be um, uh, 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 Boer-specific ordinances and uh, purporting to be a a freelance preacher. Right. He was (laughs) a a total, um, he he was not in in service of Yahweh, he was not in service of the Boers, he was in service of himself. And everybody else but
0: the Boers. Amen. Well, here, let me just read these next three short paragraphs, which kind of take us in direct, because I want to figure out when and how Germany will turn about against NATO and and begin assisting the Boer people. uh, After the paragraph I just read about uh, this uh, dirty Boers here. When the conflict between black and white started in the Belgian Congo, Zaire, and other African states during the 1960s, the catchwords were chaos, blood, and fire. Nothing could remain standing before this orgy of murder, mayhem, and destruction. And while everything went up in smoke and flames, our northern neighbor states were taken over by black dictators, and Africa's dark Middle Ages began. Of course, this was by design, the Rothschilds wanted the uh, white colonialists to be replaced by African dictators, okay? Hundreds of whites from Rhodesia and other yes. states that fell under black rule fled to South Africa as they felt safe here. Mr. Busman wrote to Mr. Wilhelm Boshoff of Rhodesia, quote, I told General Mani Moritz, um, Clasi saw northern and southern Rhodesia becoming a part of our republic when the Germans retake German West, Namib- uh, West Africa, namely Namibia. Then Mani said, after we had cleansed the country with possessions and blood and tamed it, along came Rhodes, who said, quote, we must break the neck of the bottle open to the interior, and he annexed Bechuanaland Protectorate now Botswana Land. One of the causes of the unrest In the then Belgian Congo was unemployment and the hasty actions of France when it granted independence to the Congo northern neighboring states. The Congo was not prepared or equipped for the Republic, I'd say none of the African nations were, which had to be created haphazardly within six months. Patrice Lumumba became the first yeah. prime minister and however scarcely 5 days later rebellion broke out among the armed forces and speedily deteriorated the bloody attacks on white farmers in particular a mass exodus of whites began so to me this whole decolonization of Africa was ordered by the Rothschilds because they could not uh, they ultimately they wanted to import all these black Africans into Europe as we see happen today and, you know, uh, as refugees. Over to you.
1: Uh, Pastor, yes. Uh, also a fact which, um, is very unknown about, uh, in today's world is that the Rothschilds during the 1800s, the Rothschilds actually earmarked Zaire or the Republic, the Belgian Republic of Congo as the settlement or a future settlement for the Jews.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> it was earmarked,
1: and they had, they had worked towards it to establish a Jewish settlement or a Jewish country in the middle of Africa. Wow. Now, something that must also be said is that um uh, on the 12th of December, 1960, on the 12th of December 1960, the United Nations passed a resolution called uh, um, Resolution 1415 or 1514 okay. 1514. You can go and search it um, on the internet because it's freely available, which stated that every country in Africa that was taken as colonial countries or that was colonized by virtue of military force right. had to be turned to the people of the original ownership. Yeah. Now that put the Boer republics in exactly the same position. Sure. However, by virtue of the Dutch Afrikaners Hendrik French for which many Boers believe is, was a Boer. Uh Everything uh, about Hendrik French for if you go and study it, you will find that Hendrik French for was just as big a deceiver (laughs) and a, uh, um, Trojan horse as Jan Smuts was. Oh, wow. People don't realize it. Because the first thing that Hendrik French for Wood did was he would go uh, fly over to England and he would go and negotiate South Africa to become the illegal union of South Africa would now become an illegal republic. Right. And that was what was achieved. The Boers were led to believe that they finally have their republics back in their hand. Right. But, um, already in 1948, um, a very prominent politician, one of the few boers in the political arena of the Cape Dutch Afrikaners stated in, in parliament because one particular aspect had risen so continuously uh, and that was the, the problem of the poor whites. It was labeled the Aram Blanke vraagstuk. Now this was, um, the, the consequences of the Boers forever, whatever they would establish was taken over and was hijacked by the Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners. So the Boers would establish agricultural lands, the lands would be confiscated and uh, the Boers would be disowned, and this kept on going uh, on and on and on, especially not just before the Great Trek, especially after the Second Anglo-Boer War, where in which the Cape Dutch Afrikaners claimed the Boer Republics as their land. Right. Now, what people don't know is that John Smuts and Louis Boerter had disowned um thousands of Boers, whom were farmers in, in the Boer republics and also outside of the Boer republics, disowned their land, and that land was then, those farms were given to the Cape Dutch Afrikaners, more than 50,000 Cape Dutch Afrikaners, whom were volunteers in the British Empire war machine against the Boers. Right. And with that said, With that being said, the Boer republics were inundated and flooded by these Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners with with the Dutch Reformed Church, and the the remaining Boers who still had their farms could not market their products because those Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners whom were given the farms of the Boers, Uh they established corporations. So-called uh, agricultural unions, right? And the only way in which you become a member of that agricultural union or the um, co- cooperation, the farmers' cooperation or agricultural cooperation, is that you had to become a member of the Dutch Reformed Church. Wow! In many cases, <laughs> also you only become—you could only market your products if you were also a Freemason. Yes. Or yes. a member of the Africana Bruderform. Yeah, this sounds so exactly were,
0: Yeah, okay, we're running out of time. It sounds exactly like the Murano situation in Spain before Ferdinand Isabella yes. had to throw them out. Okay. The next chapter has uh, a lot to say about Dr. Forward and his being stabbed to death. Uh, that uh, I definitely want to hear about, but we'll have to wait till next week. All right. So so thank you, Pastor Martins. Yes. A good discussion. All right. Take care and Yahweh bless.
1: Excellent. All right. Thank you, Pastor.
0: Praise Yahweh. Praise Yahweh. Okay, folks.